Welcome to church. Yeah, uh, it's always so, I, I was just thinking this morning, it's just such a blessing to be able to come to this building, to be among other believers that are really carrying Christ in their hearts, to see the fellowship out in the lobby, and um, to see even everyone in their own respects uh, serving in different places in the church, whether it's uh, making bagels or welcoming people into the to the room with the Connect team. It's just, it, it's a refreshment after being out in the world and uh, with all the news and everything going on to be uh, in a place that we can say is, is a safe place. Maybe not safe for our flesh, but uh, safe for our well-being and for our sanctification in Christ. And so um, we're going to be moving into, to, or we're, we're going to be covering uh, honor. We're going through the re- relational resolves. And so we've already been through grace. We've been through hunger. Uh, we've been through humility, uh, which I want to honor uh, Tyler. We're going to actually gonna be doing honor this week. And so I want to honor Tyler just for uh, his message last week. I would probably say it, it, it's been your best yet. I remember even uh, you and all the way back when we were in uh, John Evans, just uh, seeing you as just a humble man, just saying, hey, I want, uh, you know, I'm going to serve the church in this way, and by God's glory, uh, the word will be preached, and hearts and minds will be changed and transformed, and so I appreciate you, Tyler. Um, I'm excited to hear from you next week as well, and then just I want to uh, honor uh, John, too, just with the the day in and day out, uh, it, he, he carries a lot more than just uh, the preaching and teaching role in the church. He's also a father, and he cares so much about each and every single person here. I think his his biggest, I guess, regret uh, that he carries with him is that he can't uh, he he can't be in everyone's life to the fullest extent. I think that's his that's the biggest weight that he carries. That's why he loves doing ADS so much. Is uh, especially we're going to be moving into ADS uh, foundations this year. He just loves being able to get into the room, uh, meeting the newer people that are coming into the church, people that want to grow in Christ, and so. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be going over a few uh, major points similar to the outline of last time. We're going to talk about what is, the, what is uh, explicitly honor in the Bible and what are ways to do that. Uh, what are some hindrances to that honor is going to be the second major point. And then uh, how do we actually do this? What, what does it look like to actually honor one another in our conversations, in our discipleship with uh, one-on-one, and uh, in, our, in our serving and in our interactions? And so let's go ahead and get into it. So... What, do, what does honor actually mean biblically? So we live in a world uh, and in, in an age where we have to go to back to definitions of a lot of things. The world is constantly trying to redefine love, like the love is love is love. It's like, okay, what does that even mean? You're just saying, repeating the same thing over and over again. Um, like forgiveness, uh, most recently uh, there's an attack on uh, redefining what justice means. And uh, so as Christians, we need to know what these standards are by God's definitions because these are attributes of God and we have to give a, a witness to what these ac- are actually mean because they come from him. And so the word in the Bible is pronounced kavad. Uh, it means a heaviness, but in, in, in a good sense. Uh, it means to make glory glorious or to bring glory. It also means to, to make something great, to prevail or, or even to promote and so uh, the ways in which it is used, there's, I got uh, six different ways uh, that it's explicitly used. There's also, you could scour the scriptures and there's many implicit ways that it's used, but I want to be just really over the head with it. So um, the first one is God calls us to honor everyone. First uh, Peter 2.17 says, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor, 
or honor the emperor. Uh, and so, um, who, who does everyone? Is everyone your boss? Is honoring those that you don't feel like need to be honored? Does that mean your teacher or your professor that you don't like because they gave you the homework assignment that you were hoping that they'd skip? Or mother-in-law or father-in-law? saw some people wiggle in their seats from that one. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really blessed by my mother and father-in-law. I couldn't be more blessed. Um, love you, Susan. Love you, Pete. Um, they, are, they are really great. And so um, it's important that we, we do hold in high honor, even in our conversations, that we build uh, one another up and, and other people up. I always try to uh, look at the, the, the brighter side and find the gold in other individuals in, in every circumstance that I can. Um, uh, number two, uh, the Lord calls us to honor the emperor or governing authorities. Uh, Romans 13, 1 through 7 says, Let every person be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists rulers, therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who, risk, who resist will incur judgment. Um, I guess just to pause right there for a second, I see a lot of stuff on, on social media and different areas in the media about people just resisting police and uh, like if they get stopped and just routine traffic stops. And if you resist, it, it, it probably won't go well for you. I'm not saying that every police officer is right and good in their own mind, but uh, just, just know that you may incur uh, judgment if you tend to go that way. It's best to go with the flow if there's anything uh, outright uh, that you're being held responsible for, handle it in the court, um, because it can anything that can be used against you will be used in, in court systems. And so allow God's institution of government and, and judges uh, take care of you and uh, just be, uh, be winsome, but also be um, uh, honoring to, to those that are in authority and those that uh, secure our city. Um, so picking up on verse number three, uh, for rulers are not a terrier to good, good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For because of this, you also pay taxes. For the authorities are ministers of God, Attending to this very thing, pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and finally honor to whom honor is owed. And so we need to honor the emergency uh, responders. Uh, they, they, daily, they have daily sacrifices. Um, get around the police station. Bring them uh, like catering from Chick-fil-A or something. I don't know. I'm sure, pretty sure that they would appreciate, appreciate that. Our uh, firefighters, uh, first responders like EMTs, um, there's a lot that goes. I, I have a friend that's a cop, and there's a lot that goes on under the hood that you all will never see that happens in the city, and they're on the front lines fighting this most of the time at night uh, every single day. And so we need to hold them in high honor and respect. And so... Uh, number three is to uh, uh, honor the elderly. Uh, Leviticus 19:32 uh, says, "You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of the old man, and you shall 
and you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. And so there's a lot of experience, there's a lot of uh, humility that comes with old age, there's a lot of trials typically. doesn't always mean that you'll learn humility in old age, but uh, we need to honor uh, those with the, the gray hair and the, the bald hair. So um, love, love the body. <laughs> um, next one is to uh, honor uh, your mother and your father. Uh, Ephesians 4.2 says, Honor your mother and your father. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. And so uh, there's the promise that you'll, you'll reap long life and um, you can never repay your parents for the amount of sacrificial giving that they had to do. Uh, when your parents, uh, when, when your parents uh, started taking care of you when you were born, it was unconditional love. They had no idea when you grow, uh, when you come of age and you start talking that you will ever love them back. It's a total self-sacrificial love. It's putting in the years uh, necessary to see you grow. And there's no guarantee that you'll actually love them back in the end. And so we need to, and, and the Lord also calls us and requires us to give back to them in their old age. First Timothy uh, 5.8 says that you're worse than an unbeliever if you don't take care of your relatives who are in need. And so, um, so make sure, let's make sure that we honor our parents, our mothers, and our fathers, especially those of you that are young. It's very important, um, especially uh, with, our, with uh, brain development and things that are still going on. They say these days that, um, it, at least in men, uh, men's brains don't fully develop until the age of 25. And um, I, can, I can probably attest that that's probably true. <laughs> um, but First uh, Timothy uh, 5.17 says, let the elders who rule be well considered worthy of double honor, uh, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So it's important to honor uh, those who preach and teach, those who shepherd the flock, so encouraged by the men on the eldership team. Uh, every single one of them is, uh, has a very high fear of the Lord. Um, they want to be righteous. They want to walk with God. And the world hates authority. And so be very careful that, that, that in your workplaces, that that, doesn't, that, that that doesn't rub off on us and then come in here because uh, we need to look different, we need to submit to authority, and we need to even submit to our workplaces and our bosses, as I mentioned in the first point. And so, the, and then the last point is definitely not the least, it's the most important, um, it's honoring God. Matthew fifteen eight says, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Jesus uh, talked about is talking in reference to the the Pharisees here um, that we need to honor with uh, great integrity inside of our own heart that we're not just casting lip service. He also called them whitewashed tombs that they look good on the outside but the inside was was rotten and dead and decaying. And so integrity is utmost important um, when when we honor God. We also want our we want to honor Him with our with our witness that we would look like Him uh, and that we would have. Uh, boldness to share whenever the opportunity arises. So, those were some examples of uh, of biblical of biblical honor and what that looks like. So, what are some hindrances that can keep us from uh, being uh, like prom- well, winsome and promotional, even with our words? Uh, how do we uh, how do we what are the hindrances in actually living this out? And so there's a there's three there's three uh, that I've been able that I was able to come up with. The first one is operating in the opposite uh, spirit. It's uh, slander or libel. The second one is gossip, and then the the third one is flattery. And so slander 
is, uh, from Exodus 20, 16. Um, I mean, it's the ninth commandment. It says, you shall not bear false witness against your, your neighbor. Bearing false witness includes slander because of the untruths that are being spread. Slander is simply lying about someone with the intent of causing other people to view that person in a negative light. <clears throat> and so, in, in my personal experience, the most that I've seen slander take root is when someone has been, and, and this could be true, that someone is genuinely, has, is genuinely hurting or is genuinely, is genuinely wronged. And you'll start to see the, the anger and the justification um, is when, when they're hurt, they, they justify themselves in their own sin of slander and anger. I'm so hurt, their, 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 their flesh says, I'm so hurt that now I have a license to slander, to speak bad about this person that hurt me. It's not what the Lord would have us do. Be careful with your thoughts. Uh, Thomas Watson was a Puritan. He says, evil thoughts are continually arising out of our hearts as sparks out of a furnace. Sin keeps house with us, whether we will it or not. The best saint alive is troubled with inmates. Though he forsakes his sins, yet his sins will not forsake him. And so just know that the temptation to to slander, to get even with your words, a lot of us can chalk it up, oh, well, I'll never reach out and actually hurt that person. Well, that old saying, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is not true. And so uh, God God takes it very seriously. Uh, James 3.6 says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. <clears throat> if you're provoked to anger, hold your tongue, lest uh, the Lord, uh, you know, is right around the corner to, to discipline you, all for the sake of bringing you according to his grace, of course. Proverbs, um, and then, uh, so gossip is a little bit different uh, from slander in the sense that uh, gossip collects secrets and then passes them off to others. And so slander makes up its own secrets and then broadcasts them. Um, and so the, but, so the major difference is that gossip uh, is, is a repetition of something to someone that doesn't need to know. And so that's the difference between, hey, I got some good news or I got some news. I want you to hear something that I heard uh, going on in the church or in my, in my workplace and different things like that. It's different when if uh, that was meant in confidentiality. And so that doesn't mean that we need to hide all of our sin. Like It's important, and that's why God has given us Matthew 18, which I'll talk about in a second. But um, Proverbs 11.13 says, Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. And so if someone's confiding uh, in you and they're vulnerable and they're open about their sin and, and they're repentant and they keep going back to the cross, you have no right to take that and to share that with other people. Even, and, and, and this can even be masked in, in, in genuine concern. Uh, we, can, we can mask our, uh, our gossip in our own concern. Let's take this example. You know, Jenny, Jenny's struggling with stealing. We need to pray for her. It's like, see how that, see how that's, it's kind of, there's a, there's a guise of concern there that's actually hiding gossip and you're sharing things that weren't meant to be shared and were actually meant to be confidential between you and that person. And that, that's, and that's honoring is to be able to keep, make sure that we're not spreading things that other people are holding in confidence. It takes a long time uh, to rebuild trust, even, even with repentance. There's, there's, uh, there's a, uh, 
there's a consequence uh, to our sins. And so it takes a lot of time to rebuild some of that trust. And then the last one uh, is flattery. Um, Be careful of those that may be uh, overly charming and are smooth talking. Psalm 5.9 says, For there is no truth in their mouth, their inmost self is destruction, their throat is an open grave, they flatter with their tongue. Romans 16, 17 through 18, this is Paul, he's talking to the Romans, he says, I appeal to you brothers to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. For such persons do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. And by smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. And so this one is, this one is very important. I've seen it a lot of times in the past before. before. Um, we need to have grace uh, because, you know, some people have different personalities. And, I, you know, I get that. I, w- I would not say I'm the most charming uh, man alive, but... I would definitely say that, uh, but you can't always just chalk it up to personality. There needs to be a level of discernment there, and um, we, and we need to have that discernment. So if it sounds like you, there, I mean, uh, people who uh, are overly flattering are usually seeking after either position or approval or advantage over other people around them, and they always pray after, go after the naive. Oh, look how look how great that person looks. Look how uh, look at all the things that they're saying and how confident that they are. Just be careful. Um, and it's not it's it's not like a, it's not like it's always like a, a it's not always like there's like a fine line you, the, you know there's the intentions and motivations of the heart and so we don't want to judge too quickly we want to have that discernment but it's just something to keep in the back of your mind um, as we as you, as we go about and uh, flattery is kind of like honor but with but doing so with the wrong intentions and the wrong heart ultimately honor is meant to glorify God and uh, and His bride so. So with all those kind of hindrances and warnings, uh, how, how, how do we honor, honor then, Eric? How do, we, how do we actually live this out? How do we know what's right? Uh, what's, the, what's the language that we use with one another? I'm just going to get really practical. We can honor in a few different ways. One is in our thoughts, which I've already kind of t- touched upon before. Uh, the second one is in our speech. And then the third one is in our actions or through discipleship when it actually comes down to it. So, uh, when it comes to the thought life, I, oft- I often will give uh, others the benefit of the doubt or kind of this innocent until proven guilty. I try to be a hopeful optimist with my brothers and sisters, sometimes to a fault. But uh, if someone dishonors me or if someone hurts me, um, the difference between a mature and immature Christian is, is where your heart goes and where it stays after something like that happens. When, when Christ was nailed to the cross and when he was on the cross, what, what did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so if you start getting uh, justified and start getting filled up with, with anger, um, you might want to check yourself because that's not the way that a Christian typically is supposed to respond. I get it. Like, I'll, I'll get angry and upset. I'll go to the Lord. I'll clean out my heart. But then the, the first thing that typically comes to mind is, especially if I know this person, you know, maybe I should, maybe I should go talk to them. Because that was not very, that's, not, that's kind of uncharacteristic. I wonder if something's going on. There's a genuine concern that comes with uh, loving one another, with being around one another year after year. And so um, do, do less of looking at yourself and your own pain. Get what you need from the Lord. And, uh, but uh, look at them and theirs. And, but, don't throw away, but don't throw away the discernment. You know, if, if someone really is out of line and you can win them over with gentleness and respect, 
Um, we, we just need to know the difference on how to discern and not jump to conclusions all the time. Uh, slanderous thoughts are born uh, from a seedbed of bitterness. It sprouts fruit of created fantasies, lies, suspicions, and accusations about everyone so that we can justify ourselves, driving us further into an unforgiving and ungracious heart, hard as stone. And so, trust me, I, you know, I would do this, especially even in high school when I wasn't necessarily, you know, cons- or in the, in the beginning of coming uh, to college before I came to this church, you know, you, you, you hear something from someone, and then all of a sudden it leads to one thought, to one thought, and by the time you know it, you've already created this entire fantasy about the other person. You're uh, creating accusations, and then you go to another person and you spread that, and then you realize later that when you talk to the person, the person's like, Oh no, that's that's not what I'm. I'm sorry. That's I, I didn't mean to say it like that. Or uh, I apologize. I'll have to be more winsome with my words next time. That wasn't my intent. I'm sorry. I hurt you. Can you forgive me? And it's like, oh, well, I just created this whole world and this whole fantasy. Got myself whole, and entirely bitter, and that didn't even need to happen. If all you did was go up to the person and get some clarity. And so it's important that we engage with one another one on one. Which leads me into the, the next point, which is uh, being honoring in our speech. Be very careful with, uh, with your inflections um, and, and, and sarcasm. Sarcasm is typically meant to belittle others and elevate yourself. However, um, this is also just, uh, just to kind of cover it, uh, Paul did use satire. And so in 1 Corinthians uh, 4, 8 through 14, uh, he's talking to the Corinthians. He says, already you have all that you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. And would that you did reign so that we might share the rule with you. For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. And we labor, working with our own hands. When reviled, we bless. When persecuted, we endure. When slandered, we entreat. We have become and still, like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things. You think that even, even uh, though Paul's language probably stung, stung a little bit, the Corinthians um, he, it was, he, he affirmed at the end that it was done so as a loving brother and a father of the church. Uh, with the last verse, 14, after all that, he says, I do not write these things to make you ashamed, but to admonish you as my beloved children. And so he always affirmed that, it, that the things that he was saying was always followed up with a loving and caring heart. And so he knew his audience. He knew that he loved the Corinthians, and the Corinthians loved him. There was years of experience and relationship there. So just be careful with the banter, especially with sarcasm. Um, when it comes to, uh, another way that we can be uh, honoring in our speech is just asking questions and being honestly inquisitive and not prideful. Uh, Jesus asked a lot of, was asked a lot of questions from, from the Pharisees, most of which were either meant to challenge his own authority or to put him in a hard spot. And so analyze your heart even when you ask questions, whether it's uh, between elders and leaders, um, language that you can use that's usually really helpful and, and, and kind of uh, just diffuses and show, shows you that you're coming in with humility is, I'm curious, I have a que- I'm curious, I've been wondering about this, or... 
I want to hear your thoughts on what you have to say about this. I've been doing some research on it. Or what do you think about X, Y, and Z? It, it, it opens the door for other people to, uh, to come into your life and actually speak into it. Um, but a lot of times we don't want to because it's prideful. We are afraid that we're going to hear something that we don't want to hear. Or maybe you're going to get an answer that you know that you're already going to get. And so... And then uh, lastly, we want to be, uh, be able to outdo one another in showing honor. Romans uh, 12.10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let's get competitive with it. There's, there's, uh, there's nothing wrong with it. You can't be over-honoring, okay? Um, unless it, unless it, get, it gets a little bit carried away and could get kind of weird, but... For the most part, um, building one another up. This is, this is one of the primary ways that uh, brothers and sisters can encourage one another in church is just by honoring and calling out the gold in the areas of a person's life that's Christ-like. And then, so moving into the, the third and final point is just honor in discipleship and through, through our actions. Um, when we run, like I said in my pre, one of my the previous message from a couple weeks ago, we're gonna we're gonna get tangled in some weeds along the way when we're being vulnerable with one another. We're probably we're we're gonna hurt one another. We'll, we're gonna share deep things. We're gonna walk with one another. We're a family, and so if someone has hurt you and you go to another person and start talking to them about specifics about who hurt you. Um, if you, yeah, if you go to uh, another person before talking with the brother or sister uh, that hurt you, as Matthew 18 says, then you're, commit, then, you're, then you're being gossiping and slanderous. And so if you need guidance on actually doing Matthew 18, because I get that, right? Like you, you have some trouble. You don't know how to actually engage with this person. So how do, I, how do I actually engage with this person without ousting them? Well, there's a certain amount of vagueness that you can share with leaders in order to do, do, in order to do the, the first step. Hey, leader, I'm, doing, uh, I'm having trouble with uh, this person, this person uh, in, the, in, in the body, in the church. And they say, okay, well, did you go and talk to them one-on-one yet, as Matthew 18 says? No, I didn't do that yet. Well, then you should probably go and do that. <laughs> Before you get into any other in, into any other specifics, so uh, so what's that process actually? And we and we want to we want to be graceful too. We don't want to pin. I mean, if 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 uh, my wife pinned me on every single tiny sin and was over analyzing my life on everything, I would never want to come back to church again. So uh, and same thing with God. Like if He brought all my sin up at once, um, typically I, I like to think of it as like okay. Is this hurting the other person? And is it like, a, is it becoming a pattern? Is it hurting other people? Then it's like, okay, I need to, I need to engage with it. Sometimes I'll, I'll let it, I'll let it slide from time to time because I'll like, okay, I'll see if someone else picks up on this. But after a week, it's like, okay, I, I, I probably need to say something like one on one to help win a brother or sister over, uh, so that they can live a holy and righteous life. So, um, so we have to be, we have to be courageous, but we have to be graceful, patient, loving, and kind, compassionate with one another. So, an illustration. Someone hurts you in the church and their sin. Go gather your emotions uh, because nothing ever, I know me, nothing ever happens when I'm like chomping at the bit because I'm frustrated and angry. Uh, pray, get what you need from Christ, uh, make sure that you get realigned scripturally, and then confront. So, don't go to another person telling specifics about the engagement and the person throwing them under the bus in front of those that you do discipleship with or those that you do life with. Do go to them one-on-one, explain what the wrong is, how it hurt you, 
but then also uh, help them to understand what the next steps are if there's not reconciliation here. Hey, um, if, and for, for example, I could say, uh, hey, AJ, um, what you said the other day about me being a nincompoop was really hurtful, and it wasn't very honoring when you said it in front of our friend group. If AJ repents, then great, I've won over a brother. If he does not repent, then I say, if you can't see this and we can't be reconciled, then I think maybe we should probably go to Mike Pabone and make sure that they are aware of that, that that's the consequence of unrepentance. And by the time it gets to the third person, there can be, a, there can be abuses when doing Matthew 18, right? Like we can have uh, maybe a, a log or a speck in our own eye. And so uh, outline the consequences of the action. And if your heart's not right, hopefully that third person will be able to say, no, I don't think that person's actually in the wrong. I think that you might just be you might be just be acting out of control or trying to get them to do something that you want to do or maybe you're not seeing things right. And it doesn't have to elevate past there. No one else needs to know. Uh, brothers and sisters have been reconciled. There's not a lot of drama happening in the church, and we can focus on Christ and accomplishing his mission. Amen? So... The reason why we don't take those steps and actually do an honoring process uh, is because either we're cowardly, our own hearts aren't clear, sometimes we're lazy or apathetic, oh man, I'm going to have to spend an hour or two hours or three hours talking to this person about this. Um, It's so much easier just to talk behind someone's back, to slander. Um, without ever talking to the person face-to-face. And my hope is, is that every, every person in here, when you hear something like that, you can ask the other person, hey, uh, I don't think this is necessary. Did you actually go and talk to the person one-on-one? And it's like, okay, make sure that you do that first. Make sure that they understand the next steps that, and who you're going to go to um, if there isn't reconciliation there. And, and, and then also just with our speech on how we can uh, kind of promote and uh, bolster one another, not, not, over, no, not overly, but calling out the, the, the good in people, calling out what, what, it, what, it, what I see in someone as someone that's carrying uh, Christ in their heart and who's being uh, winsome out on the battlefield. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. It can be so, you can even use language. You can say, hey, I want to honor this person or I want to honor you for something that I saw the other day. I want to honor uh, Hunter Rail. Uh, we, my wife and I, Catherine, just started going to Hugh and uh, I wanted to get in there and I wanted to, I wanted to work out with Hunter uh, because he was a familiar face and there was a few of our other people there also uh, working out and uh, he was, I could tell, uh, and he's like, oh, I think I'm going to go with this guy. And I could tell from the very instant that uh, Hunter, when he's in the building, he's on a mission and he worked out, uh, I think with a, a Muslim guy uh, the whole the whole time and then uh, got some time afterward for about 10 minutes and, and talked to him. I don't know what the conversation was about, but just getting to know him, uh, he marked that that area and that zone as like, okay, this is this is the mission field. This is not, this is what I, where I can develop relationships and reach people. It's kind of a community workout. It's not just like a normal gym. And so uh, aside from just cold evangelism on uh, campus, he's marked this as like, okay, this is where it's time, where it's game time. It's time to do mission. And I just, it challenged me and my own comfortability. And I just wanted to call out and honor that. See, simple, short, to the point, glorifies God. So yeah, thank you, Hunter. <laughs> uh, so I'll go ahead and uh, invite the band to come up, and we'll do a, we'll do a close. So, it's a high calling uh, to be called to showcase the level of honor that Christ demonstrated 
and, uh, and what he requires from us. Just imagine a church that uh, sought to be competitive when it came to, to outdoing one another and showing honor left and right, just encouragement, flying, people looking more and more like Christ. And when you get honored for something that you do uh, according to Christ, it makes you want to do it more. Um, and it's, we spur one another on by having a good honoring heart to one another. And so seek to honor and elevate uh, everyone so that we can look different from the rest of the world. The rest of the world uh, does nothing but tear one another down. I worked with high school for three years, and I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think out of all three years I heard one lick of honoring speech out of any single one of those kids. And, they're, you know, they're, they're lost. They're, they're, they're going their own way. Um, but uh, we, can, we can look different um, compared to the rest of the world. And so I'll go ahead and pray. Yeah, Lord, thank you for who you are. Jesus, thank you for modeling uh, honor as you honored the Father and you gave him glory. And in doing so, you were glorified. And uh, Lord, we pray that we would be able to uh, repent in areas of our own hearts where maybe we've slandered, gossiped, broken trust, maybe given into too much flattery. And Lord, that we would... Uh, be able to honor one another from a whole heart, a heart that receives everything that it needs from God, the love from Christ. Thank you for displaying and modeling honor for us. Lord, we pray for that we would be uh, the most honoring church in the world. Why not go for it, Lord? And uh, that other people, when they uh, come in here, that they would see the encouragement on the lips of the brothers and sisters and the believers, that people would be built up, that people would be encouraged when they come in on Sunday morning so that they feel uh, the wind behind their backs going into Monday, Monday morning at work. And so, yeah, Lord, help us to honor everyone, the brotherhood, elders, the elderly, mothers and fathers, most importantly, you, Father. And so, Lord, would you change our hearts? Would you transform our minds? Would you renew us? And would you give us the grace, would you give us the mercy to honor one another and to uh, resist temptation um, against anything otherwise. In Jesus' name, amen.